0: What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 226 of misfits and rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Nubia Young from Black in Tulum. Nubia is a community curator and connector. And you'll hear throughout her episode how she takes us through the path and process that she took to leave the US and to start her life on the road and ultimately finding herself down in Carmen and Tulum, cultivating a community of like-minded people who get to experience something unique, something unfamiliar, something that is life-changing for them, that enables them to feel a part of something bigger than themselves, that enables them to network with people that might open a new door for them to walk through and change their life forever. Nubia is the individual that brings everyone together and makes these things happen, and I was lucky enough to experience one of her community events down here in Tulum, which I can't thank her enough for letting me be a part of. As hopefully you'll notice, if you're a long-time listener, throughout the episode, I really try to get Nubia to dig deeper, share more about her process and how she got to where she is today, really helping you, the listener, understand how she found her purpose in life, which is always changing, and how she came to the conclusion that her life's purpose is to really connect people. She is a connector. She is an extrovert. And she's capitalizing on these God-given strengths that she has, enabling her to cultivate a lifestyle that is fulfilling for herself and more in line with her values and what she wants out of life. So as I continue to bring you more episodes, keep an ear out for that. I'm really trying to bring those details across to you to help you make that life decision and hopefully follow some of the tips that Nubia gives you or the guests in the future to make that life change that you might be seeking right now. As well as I'll be adding at the end, A sort of wrap-up or i'll highlight the key takeaways that i think are very powerful and you might want to think about in more depth the key takeaways that i took for myself which i think are the undercurrent of how nubia accomplished what she's accomplished in her own life so definitely listen all the way through and you'll hear me do that at the end of the episode and i just want to thank you for joining me today i really appreciate you I'm working very hard in, in developing Misfits and Rejects and really making it even more powerful podcast than it already is, and I'm excited to grow with you. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Nubia Young from Black and Loom. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine,
1: there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. it.
0: Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, we are joined by Nubia Young from Black and Tulum. Nubia, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Chapin. Thank you for having me. It's a
0: pleasure to hear your voice again, folks. You might remember her from episode 118 when she came on with her podcast partner, Francis, from their podcast Chronicles Abroad. But I've invited her back on to talk about what's transpired over the last few years that we haven't really been in touch and the beautiful things she's developing here in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, Nubia. Thank you for joining me again. It's just been a pleasure getting to hang out with you. Thank you so much for showing me. Tulum and the community in which you have developed since we last hung out in Thailand. And if you wouldn't mind maybe just taking a brief moment to remind people a little bit about your background, where you're originally from, and then what made you start traveling in the first place?
1: Yeah. So first off, let me just say it's been a pleasure hanging out with you lately. It's been really a fun time. So thank you for hanging out with me and being open to hang out with the Black and Tulum community. So. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised. And um, if anybody knows anything about the Northeast Corridor <laughs> of the United States, it gets very cold and long winters, okay? So I say all that, go into a segue of, I found out that I was actually depressed while I was in Boston, seasonal depression, and I dealt with that for many years. And it was just really difficult to stay in Boston, so I ended up leaving and changing my environment and going to virginia which isn't so far away but the further south i went i felt like i got more sunlight and i i'm saying all of this to start with because if you want changing in life changing environments is a gr- is a great way to begin so this is how my transition abroad actually happened um and after living in virginia for over i don't know 10 12 years i had then decided that it was time for me to move on and I didn't know what that looked like or you know where I really wanted to go I just knew that I had got laid off I was 38 and I was just like what the f like what's next (laughs) you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I love traveling but just like many Americans I was playing that um time Tetris you know Mm -hmm. Trying to get the days off, trying to figure out how I can go somewhere and stay longer than four days. And, you know, how much sick time do I have? That kind of thing. So when I got laid off, I said, you know what? I will never get another job again. I'm out. I got to go somewhere. And I bought a one-way ticket and I went to Asia. And that's how you and I met, actually. That's exactly right. Yeah, right. I lived in Asia for two years and travel throughout Southeast Asia, you know, just enjoying life. And Southeast Asia is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to me, um, and affordable. So stayed in Asia for two years and decided, you know, it's a little too homogenous. Let me go and try to get some flair, some flavor where I can meet other people of color, right, traveling and everything else, even though I will tell you that I had found a whole community of people of color in Thailand at the time. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I was just like, where have you people been? (laughs) Like, as I was researching moving to Asia, I could not find any communities of people of color. So when I got to Asia and I found that, that's how I created Chronicles Abroad. So Francis was living in Japan and I was living in Thailand at the time. And um, we created a community or a podcast surrounding, um, people of not just people of color, but people over 35, the Gen X community, because I realized that we were the, the lost art, the voices that nobody was hearing. You know, the millennials had a voice and the retirees had a voice. But if you were between 35 to 50, you should be home with 2.5 kids, a spouse, a house and a white picket fence. Do you get what I mean?
0: Mm hmm. One hundred percent. Um, can I quickly just take you back to that initial decision and you mm-hmm. can tie it into from moving from Boston, to Virginia or Virginia to Asia, because that decision is the big one. Obviously, it's a life change that a lot of people, I think, want to make, but are afraid to make. And they take a lot of mm-hmm. criticism from family members. You know, you had lost your job. So it wasn't that you had to quit a job, but I think I'd like to go maybe a little deeper into like, how'd you know that was the right decision for you? Was it just? based on the sun that you had captured by moving a little bit farther south that helped you know that like, okay, tanan has got plenty of sun. I know I'll find happiness there and my purpose there. Like what gave you the courage and, and what kind of process did you take to like make that decision, knowing it was going to be a good decision for you?
1: So honestly, I had to listen to my intuition and it's, it's very difficult to kind of, say in terms of what exactly it was, because I didn't know. I honestly didn't know at the time when I lived in Boston, all I knew was that I can't stay here. That's all I knew. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a mother and I had kids at a, at a relatively young age. So I was already, you know, in a position where I had responsibilities and I had other people to think of. But at the same time, I knew I wasn't happy. How can I make my kids happy? How can I make my partner happy? How can I be happy if I was just unhappy all, what it felt like all the time, you know? And it had nothing to do with anyone other than the fact that my body needed something that I was depleted of, which was the sun, you know? Mm-hmm. I needed that vitamin D in my system. To be honest with you, Most of us are depleted in a lot of things like magnesium or, you know, iron or whatever. So until you really get yourself checked or try to, you know, you got to listen to your body. Why am I feeling like this? Why when I get home, why, you know, when you wake up and it's dark outside and then you get home from work and it's dark outside, that's, oh my gosh, that messes with your mental. You know what I mean? Yes. So I knew I had to do something. My kids were not happy about it because to them, I was taking them away from their friends. But to me, I was like, listen, this is going to help us be better as a family because it's going to help me. So I knew I was, like you said, chasing the sun, going to Virginia. And Virginia was my choice because if I went any further south, then I was making less money. But Virginia was like that happy point. It was like I could still make money as if I was in the north. But still be considered in the South. Does that make sense?
0: It does. So I there think, were a ton of factors. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think you did a great job of articulating the, the multiple factors that helped, helped you make that decision, which was the son being the primary, the financial being the secondary, and then start coming to that conclusion that with these variables in place, I can foresee, I can project my thoughts in the future and foresee us becoming a stronger family unit by making this decision. And then it sounds like you applied that same strategy to moving to Thailand, just so the audience is clear when you did get let go from your job and you said I'm just going to go one way to Thailand, did you have a strategy for when you landed there? Like did you have some money saved like how are you going to sustain yourself? And it sounds like your kids were already grown at that point and you didn't need to be there to like financially support them. Is that what I understand?
1: Yeah, so let me just give you a a I'm a back up to what your points were. The son of this. No, mm. my first point was my mental health. Okay. Period. Right? Yeah. So I want people to understand that I had to put myself first. And I think that's what many of us lack. We lack the the need, I would say, to put ourselves in position to be the priority. And that's what stops a lot of us from doing other things. Because we're so busy thinking about everybody else and what they want and what they need that we lose sight of the things that we need for us. Yes, I love my kids to death, but I was the priority at that moment. And in order, and then I had to say, if I'm at my better self, then I'm a better parent. So so that's why I made those decisions. Um, now when it came to my move to Thailand, I had no rhyme, no reason. The thing about, the thing about it is, when I left, I was very impulsive. I was very much like, I'm tired. I'm angry. Like I was angry. I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm angry. I just feel like I'm never getting ahead. What there has to be something better out there. Right. And I'm going to go find it. I went on what I called my little eat, pray, love journey. (laughs) I had never been to Asia a day in my life. And Francis, actually. So Francis, my co-host of Chronicles Abroad, she and I were actually friends or acquaintances, I would say, in the States. I knew her in passing. OK, she was the first woman of color I knew that lived in another country. She had moved to Thailand initially first and then to Japan prior to me ever leaving the States. Mm-hmm. So when I seen it on Facebook, I was like, oh, my gosh you moved abroad. How is it? So I would use her as my soundboard, right? She's also a single mother of a young black boy, just like me. We had some parallels. So I felt like there was somebody that I could relate to. If it wasn't for her, it might've been a a more difficult move for me, but it was, it was going to happen regardless. She just helped me be able to see that it's possible. So she also is into things like astrology and numerology and things of things like that that I just was a lo- always skeptical about. So she I was, she was like, Have you ever seen a psychic? And I was like, No, why should I? Because <laughs> I had all these questions. And she was just like, You seem to be doubting yourself a lot. Like, have you ever tried to unpack that? There's such a difference when you have somebody in your world that makes you think. You get what I'm saying? They serve a purpose because sometimes we're so we're in this fog, right? Of everything we gotta do. We gotta go to work, gotta make money, gotta pay rent, gotta pay bills, gotta 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 gotta. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you find that one person in your life that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what do you think? And you're like, huh? How many times do people ask you about you? Like, really seriously ask you, how do you feel? What would you like? How do you, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm not used to this. Okay, well, she's like, have you ever seen a psychic? And I was like, no, should I? She was like, sure, why not? You you seem to have a lot of kind of questions and doubts around your decisions. Maybe you can gain some clarity through this. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly enough, she gave me a referral, right? A person to go see. And I was talking to another young lady about, you know have you ever seen a psychic before like I you know because I'm one of those people chafing, you could tell me something but I still got to talk to like 15 other people (laughs) to Mm -hmm. see what their opinions about it is Uh and um, this other young lady was like yeah I go see a psychic pretty much quarterly and I was like sorry and I was like what I was like wow I'm missing out Mm -hmm. so I went to the psychic man can i tell you this woman was like you don't belong here and i was like oh my gosh what do you mean i don't belong here she was like you're a traveler you're supposed to be out there amongst the world sharing your story you know you the cards read that there's a legacy that you need to provide to the world you get what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. i was just like i'm thinking about stuff this lady's crazy i don't know what she's (laughs) talking about and she didn't have a a place in mind, but she said, you need to go about the world because this isn't it. And she said, I can't give you geography points, but you'll be drawn to a place. Surprisingly enough, I was drawn to Chiang Mai because of the Lantern Festival. You know, everybody sees these pictures of these beautiful paper lanterns that are being, you know, put in the sky. There's a million of them. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I do, of course.
1: Of course. So if any listeners understand what I'm saying, if you don't go to Google and type in Lantern Festival, Chiang Mai or Lantern Festival, Thailand, and you'll see these beautiful pictures. So there's a whole premise about letting go. Right. Mm-hmm. About this whole day, there's a whole premise about letting go and bringing in new energy, new, you know, new things and stuff like that. I was drawn to that, but I took that as the place that I need to start. And that's how I got to Thailand.
0: So cool. I'd like to kind of tie this into uh, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey where it's like you had a calling. It sounds like from that understanding that I need to put myself first. And then you had Francis who was doing it. Somebody that you could look towards for a little bit of guidance as you started trying to find that place that you maybe could find yourself, find your path, if you will. And then you have this, spiritual individual a psychic kind of helping you push you towards that direction really ties into joseph campbell's hero journey have you ever looked into that before you know what that is
1: i have not please do tell
0: it's just um a philosophical story that's been told countless times throughout all cultures around the world that this man joseph campbell spent his whole life sort of uncovering and then created a step-by-step process that has been applied to movies such as star wars and you know like luke skywalker getting this calling he's bored with his life he's his farmer on this like deserted planet he has this calling this isn't for him so he starts to seek out a teacher and that teacher becomes yoda that teaches him the way of the force you know it's just for anybody listening who hasn't like read up on the hero's journey it's a really Beautiful story. And a lot of the individuals like Nubia that I interview on this podcast kind of have that same story where they have that calling and they seek it out. And thank you so much, Nubia, for taking a step by step and giving us such a clear, articulate path, like how you wound up in Asia. Um, so with a, the Asia experience and then you finding this community that you didn't really know existed, where did your head go? Because you were teaching English, I know, to sustain yourself. Um, and you were what kind of inspirations were you gathering from this experience in Thailand?
1: Well, I didn't start teaching until pretty much a year into me being in Asia. I literally took my 401k, which a lot of people would say, Oh, never do whatever. I wouldn't even recommend getting a 401k. I just think it's asinine to be charged on your own money, Mm -hmm. charge taxes. And I'm talking about a huge amount of taxes on your own money. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt like I worked for this money and it's mine. So I took my 401k um, and I left. And I didn't work for the first maybe eight to nine months. It wasn't until I realized like, this is great. Like I'm semi-retired, but I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just spending money. And so teaching English at the time was the easiest, most you know most economical way of getting a little bit of money and having flexibility. So started teaching and Alicia in the podcast was beautiful. It flourished very quickly. You know, I was able to gain a lot of followers and, you know, just build relationships that way. I think one of the things that set me apart from some other people that I've met um, while I was away is that I'm an extreme extrovert. So I have no problem smiling and saying hello Breathing people with open arms. And I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts that I have or that you can give someone is a smile and a simple hello. Mm-hmm. It, they, it goes so far, you know, and I'm going to say this to the audience. It's free. Like there's nothing wrong with smiling at someone and saying hello. You never know. Who that person is, or what they're going through, that could brighten somebody's day, or that could be your next spouse, or that could be your next boss—you just never know. And so yeah. my journey was all right. Mm-hmm. Like even at my events, you got to meet a many cool people. Like I seen you networking, getting around, smiling with yourself, like with your <laughs> cute self talking about hi. You know? <laughs> but you build relationships that way.
0: So true so true
1: i build hundreds of relationships around the world and that sustained me for a while just networking and relationships because as you're talking to people just like you and i and i like and i'm sorry for keep putting you on the spot Mm -hmm. but i feel like you know i want to give people like real life scenarios and and recent scenarios at that right Mm -hmm. so chapin is in mexico currently with me (laughs) I don't know when you plan on releasing this episode, but at this point in time, we are in Mexico mm-hmm. and, um, you hit me up like, Hey, I'm in Mexico. Let's go have a drink. I'm like, cool. Let's do it. And I had an event that weekend and I invited you down and through just, you know, introducing you to people and for, for you making your own introductions, you have met people who, you will eventually be on their podcast and vice versa. So you now, you now networked and made like business connections. And then, you know, you meet people that you just vibe with. Now you made social connections, personal connections. I mean, people don't understand that if you just allow yourself to let go a little and just embrace your current situation and look at it from a deeper scope, like, yo, I did it because I think we beat ourselves up a little bit. You know, I didn't get a chance to do this. Oh, I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have did that. Stop all that. Be really mindful of what you're doing. I'm here. I'm in Mexico. I did that. Pat on the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I bought that. I bought that that house. Pat on the back. That was something that she wanted to accomplish. I wanted to do this or I did this. I think we need to focus on more things about like, I did and I'm doing versus I wish I did or I wish I would do, you know?
0: Did you have any moments in Asia after that initial eight months? Because you were there for multiple years that you found yourself kind of sliding back maybe into a a state of, I don't want to say depression. Well, sure. Yeah, we can use the word depression because I know you struggle with that back in Boston where you didn't know where to turn next and you kind of had to like reinvent yourself again.
1: Um about reinvent right like i knew i had to shed some things and i guess that is called a reinvention i call it a transformation
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right i knew that the person i was in the states wasn't the person i was meant to be forever There, there there's always evolution and i was on that journey i was this caterpillar Looking to flourish to this butterfly, right? And to me, travel was the transformative catalyst for me. Okay. It opened my eyes to so many different things. I have this photo and I, you know, show people this photo just to show them exactly what I mean without having to say too many words. So I'm going to describe the photo to you, okay? I have a picture on the left of me the week of my leaving the United States. It was a picture of me the night that my friends threw me my going away party. Then I have a picture on the right of me. I think it was about six to eight months of me being in Thailand. Side by side photos. Do you know I look like an entirely different person? My skin, my smile. I look like I reverse aged everything. When I look at the two pictures, I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder I was unhappy in the States. I was overweight. I was pre-diabetic. I was, you know, it just looked like sadness in a sense. Mm -hmm. However, I lived a good life, but I just wasn't fulfilled. And you can see if you look at the two photos. Now, when I lived in Thailand, I ate everything, anything and everything I ever wanted. I was living life and just it was liberating. And you can see that shine like from the inside out. It was like, wow, anybody I ever show that photo and I just stop and I just show them the photo, their whole face goes, wow. (laughs) The proof is in the pudding. You get what I mean? It was a physical transformation, a mental transformation, a spiritual. It was more than I had ever bargained for to be honest with you.
0: So so cool to hear. And then so what brought you to Mexico after your experience in Thailand?
1: Now that story is a whole different kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry my door had slammed. So Mexico. Um prior to moving to Mexico, I was living in Colombia and I was dating someone who lived in the States. And the person I was dating, you know, alluded that they wanted to try their hand at moving abroad and see, you know, if they could do it too. And I was like, of course you could do it. I'm here. I got you. You know, whatever, whatever. However, I made it very clear, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna take you to Southeast Asia. Like that's just too far. Because, you know, some people just gotta take baby steps. You don't have to do it like I did, and by that one way take it and go halfway across the world. I was like, let's go to someplace a little bit more safer in the sense of time and location. And I said, let's try Mexico. I said, this way, you're North America, but you're in another country. And if things don't work out or if a family member needed something or whatever, you can get back relatively quickly. So we decided on Mexico as like a jump off point. Just to get them started. Well, guess what? Fair caught a hold of them and they didn't come. They chickened out like a few days before we were supposed to leave. And I had already been abroad a for, you know, two plus years. I was like, well, I'm still going. And I left. And that's how I got to Mexico. It was never on my list, it wasn't a place. That because I had been here, you know, via cruise ships and you know, done the Cancun thing and whatever. Like I wasn't pressed to come to Mexico, <laughs> but of course everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And here I am now, you know, been here almost two years. Um, actually, I would say two years because I'll be it'll be two years next month. Um, and created a community, a huge community, uh, called Black and Tulum. and um. It's been an amazing journey. Mexico has been a huge, huge commodity in my life. And it, it created this pivot that happened in, at a time when the world completely shut down. So I was quarantined in Mexico. And um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't second guess it. I'm glad I didn't scrap the idea of coming when they decided not to. I just went with the flow. And, you know, I think that's important to also just allow yourself to just be present and to kind of just go. Things are not always going to go your way because, believe me, I I wasn't coming. Because of me, I was coming because of them. Mm -hmm. And then when they decided not to come, I could have been like, well, back to Asia, I go. But. I was already on this journey and I already committed to saying, you know, I was going to try Mexico out. So I said, you know, let me try it out for a month or so before I go back to Asia. And I just never went back. But at this point, I can't go back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like you're really happy here from the experiences that I shared with you thus far. With the community that you have developed here, you had talked about finding a community in Asia, a community that you were not expecting to find. And France is kind of being the impetus of like, oh, wow, if like, people of color are living so far from the U.S., then I can do it. And then when you got there, it sounds like you found a bigger community of people doing the same thing. And so then taking that to Mexico, did you think you were going to start this community? Was that in the back of your mind? How did you even know there was a market for that here?
1: I didn't. That's the thing, though. I never had the intention, I try not to use the word never. My intention on coming here was just to help someone else, right? Mm -hmm. Not for me. I wasn't coming to Mexico to create anything. I was coming to Mexico because it was just a stop on, you know, the way, right? Mm -hmm. And I fully embraced whatever journey was coming my way. So I will say this. Whenever I go or do anything, I go in it. I go into it with the intention of I, I will fully embrace the experience, good, bad, or indifferent, because every experience you can learn from. I don't get upset as much like I used to in the States, right? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I'm not trying to control things I can't control. So with that said, I went to Mexico City initially and fell in love. I was like, where has this place been all my life? (laughs) Nobody ever talked about Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly enough, there were a couple of people of color that lived in Mexico City. There was a community, but they were so spread out. It wasn't anything where, you know, they got together all the time, this and the other. But again, here I am, the extrovert. So I started, you know, saying hi to people and saying, hey, do you guys want to go to the park on Saturday. Let's all get together and I would, you know, muster up a couple of women of color because I love my little sisterhood, not to exclude you men, mm-hmm. but there's something about women travelers that when we get together we can share these stories and yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and I started to create my own bubble. Mexico City also gets cold. So, if y'all remember the story about me being in Boston, and dealing with the depression, the winter, the winter blues, it's the same thing happened to me in Mexico City. As it started getting wet, cold, I was like, this is for the birds. I don't like it. My whole energy started shifting. And I realized that I needed to shift environments again. So I said, let me go and check out the coastal towns. So I went to Playa del Carmen. There was a community of black people that lived here. I already knew who they were. You know, if you're in this little travel game, (laughs) you realize the community is small, no matter where in the world we are. Mm -hmm. You can typically run into somebody that you've known on your Facebook or your Instagram for years in any country at any given time. It's just it's just like that. You're guaranteed to do it. Right. Like us running into each other in Mexico <laughs> after 100%. meeting in Thailand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just a part of our lifestyle. Um, so I come to play Out El Carmen. I link up with a group of amazing professional black women. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is great. You know, we had this little mastermind going and professionally it ended up working out for me. I ended up getting a, landing a job as the director of a luxury Black-owned travel company just through my connections that were here in Mexico. So that was when I decided to just get an apartment, right? And stay and cultivate that relationship so that I could be the best executive that I could be in my job, you know? So that was a decision I had made was to stay. Stayed in Playa del Carmen for probably a few months before. I was like, you know what? Let me check out this place called Tulum. Never knew about it. It just happened to be some place I learned about during my, you know, time in Mexico, mm-hmm. and went to Tulum. Supposed to be for three days. Just check it out. I checked into a hostel. Yes, I love hostels. I think they're amazing, and I would totally recommend even adults to do their research, but stay in hostels. You meet people. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Went to this hostel Chapin and. Literally, the hostel was badass, super cute. It was fairly new, very like chic and posh, and just like, oh my god, this is a hostel. So I asked to speak to like a manager because I'm that person, right? <laughs> I'm like, can I speak to a manager? I was like, yo, this is really dope. Like, how long? You know, I'm asking him questions. How long has has this been built? Are you guys looking for help? Da 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 da. And he's like, yo, I like your personality. He's like, yeah, we're looking for help. Like. So I ended up getting free lodging at the hostel just to be me, talk to people, guests who came in, you know, posting like game nights and doing stuff with the guests, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And again, I was still teaching English, so I took my job wherever I went. I just got the job as the director of, of the luxury travel company so I could do things, you know, remotely and stuff. So I'm just like vibing. I'm like, OK, three days turn to. I don't know, almost two months. So I was in Tulum. Then I was like, okay, I think I should go back. (laughs) Went back to Playa and bam, the world stopped, COVID. So I was like, well, I guess it's Playa del Carmen for me. (laughs) And I found this cute spot, you know, that I was able to rent by, went through a Canadian woman. Because if people know Canada was like, um, y'all need it. it. was basically a call to everybody say, get your asses back to Canada because we're shutting, <laughs> we're shutting it down. And if you, if you don't get here by this time, you're not getting in. You know what I mean? So everybody's flocking to Canada, got this dope apartment for like little to nothing because the owner was just like, I need to rent it out because I got to go, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. Got this apartment and decided to, to lay low there during the quarantine taping. It was the best time of my life. Like I had this two bedroom. I had a a, a outside terrace, you know, with green space and it had this kitchen. And then I fell in love with cooking again. So I created a cookbook. I started working out again because Peloton was giving like free 90 day trials and stuff. So I took advantage of every free thing there was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I took courses in sustainable um, hospitality Tourism, sorry, uh, sustainable tourism. I took lessons in marketing, digital marketing, you know, doing all these things. I was like, whoa, (laughs) inundated with free stuff, right? Then I started getting calls like, do you mind speaking on this panel about being a digital nomad? And, And then I started getting paid for speaking because everybody was going virtual. So here I am doing virtual speaking gigs. Here I am still doing podcast episodes. Here I am doing cookbooks. Here I am, you know, teaching myself new skills. I just was flooded with just things to do during the pandemic. I understand that the pandemic has been a, a hard time for many people, especially people who have lost someone. So I'm not taking away from that, right? I can only just share my experience during, during the pandemic. It was very eye-opening. For me, it it made me blossom.
0: I mean, it sounds like yeah. Thank you for being so transparent and sh- and showing us step by step how this whole thing unfolded. Because at this point, I mean, on Instagram, you have what like ten thousand followers with Black and Tulum.
1: Yeah, and I started that in September, so Black and Tulum did not exist during the pandemic until Mexico started to open up their I would say, their restrictions a little bit. So it was no longer like a hard lockdown. They allowed us within Mexico to kind of move to, you know, province to province or town to town. So because I was in Playa del Carmen for, you know, five months quarantine, I said, I need to go back to Tulum. I want to go back to Tulum because Tulum is like a jungle vibe. I just want to get out of the city, right, and be in nature for a little bit. So I packed up and I went back to Tulum. I got myself a place and decided to chill. Oh, can I just say this? I know Mm -hmm. for people listening, they're probably like, how the hell do you just pack up and move from one place to another? Is it that simple? Yes. Maybe you can attest to this. You can can. literally move, you know, into a place, most likely an Airbnb for like a month or a couple of weeks or a couple of days that is furnished, you know? You get to know the owner or you meet people on the way and they're like, oh, I got a room. Or an owner is like, well, if you rent it for the month, you can get it for this price. Easy. You don't have to buy furniture. You don't have to buy stuff. You just it's just you and your clothes. (laughs) So you hear me hopping around, you know, country to country, you know, city to city. And it's that simple. It doesn't take, you know, you're not going into like contractual agreements with every apartment that you get abroad. So when I moved to Tulum, I got myself a place, cute little one bedroom, you know, wash and dryer, you know, everything. And it was so quiet. It was so beautiful. It was peaceful. And I was just like, oh, this feels good after being quarantined for so long. I'm hearing birds and that, you know, everything was just like flourished in nature. Well, there were a couple of people of color in Tulum. And when I say people of color, I want people to understand that. It was at a time when there was so much political unrest in the states, right? The Black Lives Matter was at its height. There was protests. There was just so much going on, unrest going on in America for people of color that it was so important for me to tell people, get out if you can, you know, like. You guys, I was crying all the time Mm -hmm. because every time you turned on the news, it was something else. It was like, when is this going to stop? You know, so I started talking to people that I knew from my travel groups and also people who was like on my Instagrams and stuff. And they're like, I don't understand. Like you're in Mexico. You know, I wish I could come, but everything's shut down. I'm like, it's not closed down. I'm like, the only thing that's closed down is the land border. America wasn't telling you all that. People was like, I can actually go to Mexico. Yeah, you can come to Mexico. You can come right now if you want to. So people started coming. Mm-hmm. Even if it and then people started hitting me up, like, hey, I have a friend that's actually in Mexico. I would love to introduce you to them. So then I started saying, okay, let me start doing something like brunches. It's all me for brunch. My first brunch was eight people second brunch, 25 people, third brunch, a little over 30 something people. And I'm like, this is dope. You know, this is really dope. By my second or third brunch, that's when I said, if I create a community on Facebook and I turned to everybody that was at brunch, I was like, would y'all support me? Like, would you join the Facebook group? And help me get this started because they were in love in their life, right? They were like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Here we are on the beaches of Tulum, having brunch, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Okay. So I was like, What should I call this group? And I'm looking around. I was like, Well, we're black people in Tulum. Why don't we call it blacks in Tulum? And it went to black in Tulum. And that's how I started the Facebook group. It started with 20 something people. And here we are 10 months later. And I have 15.3 thousand members in my group. On Facebook? On Facebook.
0: Wow.
1: I didn't start Instagram until September of 2020. And now we have almost 10,000 Facebook followers. We just now started YouTube. And I mean, when I say freshly started YouTube, freshly started YouTube weeks ago. Mm So now hopefully we get some subscribers there and we'll move on and on and on. I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't start Black and Tulum as a business. Black mm-hmm. and Tulum has always been a community. It wasn't until I hosted a brunch one day and one of the, the guys who showed up at the brunch was like, yo, newbie, this is amazing. You don't understand what you started here. He was like, you don't charge for these brunches? I was like, no, I just love bringing people together and having a good time, you know, just vibing, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, I would have bought, I would have bought a ticket to come to this. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He was like, you know, you have something here. And that stuck with me. It stuck with me so much that I couldn't shake it. And then it wasn't until, let's say, November, December, when I was actually hosting a um, New Year's Eve event, I had to charge. I mean, at the end of the day, Mm. nobody's throwing a free New Year's Eve party. (laughs) I threw a New Year's Eve party, charged tickets, ticket pricing, and it was such a success. We had 150 people on a beautiful rooftop overlooking the ocean in Playa del Carmen. I was like, yo, this is what's up. People Mm -hmm. loved it. They were tagging us and they were just like, yo, this was dope. Everything was great. That's when I decided to make it a business. I immediately created an LLC around it. I, you know, went into incorporating myself as a brand at that point. I had already been a community on Facebook and posting events from August, September, October, November, almost five months before I started monetizing. Well,
0: wow. what percentage of your community do you think are first time travelers have never been out
1: of the States before? Ah, that's a good question. I should probably poll them. Um, I'm not sure. A good amount, though, because I, you know, at my events, I get people who I make I make it my duty to speak to pretty much everybody if I could, mm. you know, at my events just to welcome them and find out where they're coming from or whatever. And during those conversations, I've met quite a few of people who are like, you know, this is my first time to Mexico or I've met. It's not my first time to Mexico, but it's definitely my first time to Tulum, you know, mm. but mm. I don't have those statistics, what I do know is that, that 82% of my group are women. 82%. 82% of my group are women. Wow. Wow. Where do you men at? I realize that the women are the ones making the, de- the decisions and dragging the men along.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it also sounds like you really tapped into something that they needed, you know, with, with a place that they feel they can connect with like-minded people and, in an environment that's beautiful and vacation-like and you just kind of put together this trifecta of an experience because when i was with you at your event it was like these people yeah primarily women coming up and being like one tried to get down and like praise you like 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 somebody would if like they're just like worshiping like a goddess and you You and
1: i was like please don't do that
0: i know but i was like wow and i kept saying to you over i'm like nubia this is the most amazing thing like the vibe was so beautiful like everybody was so welcoming and so happy to be there and so happy to i mean meet nubia's friend who i was there you know i was there as your friend and like i just felt like i was a part of something special as well so i totally relate to the Gentlemen, saying to you like you have something special because you do and i think the statistics of the numbers you're getting on facebook and instagram show that like yeah you've tapped into something that is desperately wanted by all the individuals that are coming to your events
1: but sure i think people in general just needed a break you know none of us were prepared for what had happened in 2020 none mm-hmm. of us and it just kind of took us out like oh my gosh People lost their job. People with children or smaller children were like locked in a house with their kids. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound bad, but nobody understands until you have a kid and you're locked in the house with your kid <laughs> all day long. Um, people were having, I mean, domestic violence cases were on a rise. People's marriages were in trouble. Some people's marriages were saved. I mean, it was a true wake up call. Especially to the infamous and famous cliche that life is short. Mm-hmm. I think that's when people were like, damn, life really is short. You're here today, gone tomorrow. So people were seriously taking what they were seeing was like, I, I, I can't, I can't go out like this. Like I have to do something, you know? And the unfortunate part, was that there was nothing else to do because everything was still so shut down I mean it still is so the most part you still can't go to everywhere you got places that you can go but you got to jump through some hoops you know mm-hmm. some places still require you to quarantine for X amount of time but who really wants to travel to a destination and be um, and they they put you on serious quarantine like food everything comes to your hotel room you do not leave that room. <laughs> For the 10 days or the 12 days. And it's pretty pricey. So many people opted not to do that. The vaccination came out. Some people hopped on it very quickly. Some people like, you're not shooting me up with that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So now it's like this whole thing around the vaccine. Like, so I can't get into your country unless I'm vaccinated, or I can even get that job unless I'm vaccinated. I mean, there's just been so much change in such a short time that Mexico being open to receiving people from all over the world was a beautiful thing.
0: No doubt. And
1: for me to provide, you know, a space where people could actually enjoy themselves together and feel liberated to do so, it was a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it literally, everything that I've talked to you about happened organically. I listened and I paid attention and I executed and that was it.
0: Yeah. And you're doing a great job. Can you help the audience understand like what they can expect and experience when they come to be a part of your community at the events? I'm I'm assuming like it's not exclusively only for people of color, like as a white male, I can't join. Is that correct?
1: So black insulin is not exclusively to just people of color. No, we open our arms to everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. you know, it doesn't matter. It was designed as a person from a by a person of color mm-hmm. because at the time, people of color needed a space that's That was what it's all about. Now, when I decided to incorporate the business, I did not incorporate the business as black and Tulum. My actual business name is Black and Travel. Okay, That's the name of it. And we do business as Black and Tulum because that's where we are today. And Mm -hmm. that's how I started the community. Now, it doesn't matter where I am in the world, you know, or how many communities I build. My communities will always be open to people who are open. You see what I'm saying? I do. I love it. I don't want you at my events. Exactly. I don't want you at my events if you're going to complain about some stuff and you're there to start trouble or you're not really there to connect. My job as an individual, my purpose in this world is that I'm a connector. And I've learned that through my journeys. I've learned that through my business ventures. I've learned that through my relationships. I connect people directly and or indirectly, period.
0: So for somebody who wants to network from a business perspective, maybe are these great events for them to come to?
1: Of course, of course. I mean, you just never know who's there. Mm-hmm. I get blown away by meeting people from Switzerland, Germany, Netherlands, Africa, freaking Jamaica, um, Canada, you know, all uh, of course, America, I mean, majority of the group are Americans, but we have people from all over the world that are in our group. We have people from all over the world who literally, you know, come to the events. Now, I will say, as if you're a person who is not of color, right, Mm -hmm. joining the Facebook group is not an option because that's a safe space for them to be kind of be able to kind of be who they are in the group. But the events are open to everybody. I see. You know, as we continue to grow and I get better with brand awareness and things like that, it will be a different model. It will look different. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a baby in this, you know. Like I said, I just really started, if you really want to think about it, in December. Yeah. (laughs) We're now, you know, in May. Um, so I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm starting to scale my business. And as I do these things. Again, organically different things shift. I'm in this moment right now in my life where I feel, I felt actually yesterday I woke up and the key word for my day was pivot. And I said, there's a change happening here. There's another shift. It's another wave. And I need to figure out what I need to do in order to make sure I'm okay during this change. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: Of course. I'm in that change and too.
1: <laughs> yes. And yes, I host events currently, but events is not going to be my only thing okay. that I'm gonna provide. And it wasn't until I woke up the, the other day and I had that on my on my mind. And I said, the word for today that I'm feeling is change, pivot. Like I need to pivot because there's a change coming. Don't know what's gonna happen, but I know I need to prepare for it. This is me having this whole eternal conversation. And this is why it's so important to tap into your intuition because it's never going to stay you wrong. You're going to feel something good or bad. You know, like, uh, I don't know if I should do that or yes, I should do this, right? Either way, it sways, listen to it. I went to a meeting with a friend who owns a retreat space and I had a client with me because I source, you know, um, outside of just hosting events. I source for outside clients. So if you're a client that has group travel or you put together and host larger scale productions and you're looking to do that in Tulum, they contact me because they consider me boots on ground and the Tulum expert. So Mm -hmm. I source locations for them and put, you know, and get them to the tables, to the right tables. So I was with a client and I took him to a retreat space for a potential event that he wants to throw. And I'm sitting across from the owner and we're talking. And as we're talking, guess what? I was able to pivot right there at the meeting. I said, this is what my intuition was telling me. We don't have a wellness initiative. I've been wanting to do wellness for a while, but I've been so focused on events that I lost from, I lost out from the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pivot and start making a wellness initiative because to me, being healthy with yourself is so important. And I had to look at my own life. Here I am working, working. You seem shaping. I'm working, 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 working. That I realized I stopped taking care of me in the way that I'm supposed to because I fell right back into the trap. Yeah, I'm in Mexico, but it doesn't mean that I didn't fall back to not a nine to five. How about a nine a.m. to 12 midnight? Like I'm working, 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 you know, hosting events, talking to people, you know, talking to clients. Talking, 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 talking. And I'm doing all of this as the one woman show. I'm beating myself down. My body's exhausted. I'm tired. I'm, I, I'm not sleeping well. I'm not taking, you know, the proper steps to eat healthy because now I'm eating on the go. I haven't cooked in weeks because I'm ordering food because I'm working. You know what I mean? Like all of that got me to that table in front of an owner of a wellness retreat space. And he's looking at me like, how you been? And I'm like, I'm exhausted. He's like, well, why don't you come here and, you know, take time out and reset. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome to bring your members here. And why don't you? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take you up on an offer. Let's do it. I'm going to start with me. And then I'm going to open that up to my community. Bam, pivot.
0: <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, so the... I'm correct me if I'm wrong, the initial events were kind of like, would you say beach parties? And now it's kind of, you'll probably continue that, but also have a, another arm, which is going to be wellness side, kind of wellness, I don't know, retreats or something like that?
1: Yeah, I won't call them beach events. I'll call them social events. Okay. So everything I've done thus far are social events. Because okay. again, like I said, I started with the brunches, right? Yeah. So the brunch is, um, we have a brunch called Afro Beats and Bubbles. That's the staple. Mm Because that has been, you know, what I've been doing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I also do beach parties, which is what you attended. Then I do yacht yacht experiences. So, you know, get people on the yacht and we go to the private beach club and we party and we have a good time. You know, these are all social events. And during those social events, people are enjoying themselves. There's music. We have DJs. You know, there's alcohol and stuff like that. The wellness complete three, you know, opposite 180, like it's going to be smaller, more intimate. Um, I don't know what the layout is going to be just yet. Right. This just mm-hmm. happened the other day. So, but to me, it's, it's going to be a more intimate space for people who are looking to quiet their minds for people who are looking to not be in a social setting, but to be more in tune with nature and their bodies and themselves and their own wellness and their own transformative changes they are at a place or maybe a crossroad in their life where they're just like, I need to take care of my system. Something's yeah. not, you know, something's off. I need, you know, I need to be aligned. I need to get realigned. I need to reset. I need freaking peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's for that person.
0: I love it. I love it. And I have one more question for you before I ask it. I just want to say newbie, like what you're doing, I've got to experience firsthand at, truly is beautiful, unique, powerful and life-changing for anybody who wants to attend So if you're listening and you're curious, definitely check newbie out on her Instagram Black in Tulum. is there another place newbie that you know people can kind of learn more about what you're doing or the events that you know you're cultivating?
1: Sure I definitely say go to blackintaloom.com. okay and um, because you can get to us anywhere whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, the Facebook group, that that's one hub. And it's such a source, it's such a resource for travel within Mexico in general. We share where you can find COVID testing sites. We share, you know, um, accommodations, which I call uh, bit approved accommodations. These are people that I trust and I, you know, stayed myself or vetted and I want people to stay in safe environments. You can find restaurants resources you can find resources for photography videography drone work um i mean tours anything you want you know black is the hub i would say start there uh you can also find me at i am nubia young and young has an e at the end you know got to be unique with it Mm -hmm. um yeah (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, come see me. We're having, you know, we're we're just living life. And I want everybody to experience what it feels like to feel at least liberated, you know, at some point in their life where they're just like, wow, this is what I needed. Come get your reset. Come get your social on. Come get your networking on. Just come and vibe with us because it's definitely a vibe.
0: Yeah, from first-hand experience, that's exactly what they will feel from that experience. One more question for you. If you could speak directly to your avatar, one individual who's already in your community, who admires you and wants to live a life like yours, what's one thing you could say to them to inspire them to take that first step towards that life that they've always dreamed of?
1: Mm. You create your own reality. The only limitations in your life are the ones that you set upon yourself. These are things that we've heard over and over and over again in our lives, but they're true. It takes for you to put yourself into a position to say, enough is enough. I'm going to do it and I'm going to embrace the outcome. It doesn't have to look one way because once you start, your eyes open up to all of the possibilities that you didn't even realize exist. It just takes for you to take that one step. Do your research. Reach out to people that you might find who have done it or are doing it. Surround yourself by like-minded individuals and you'll find so much more. Stop talking to the people who aren't doing it. Stop talking to the people who will never do it. (laughs) You know, put yourself in a position to be surrounded by people that match your flow of where you see yourself at. You want to be a millionaire? Start getting on millionaires' row. I'm I'm serious. Meet business owners. Meet people who, you know, get on a clubhouse and start being in groups with people that have six-figure businesses. Start going on to Facebook groups, start joining conferences, start investing in yourself by put by placing yourself in the places that you say you want to be. If you do that, you'll get there.
0: Beautifully said. Thank you so much for your time, Nubia. You are a true inspiration to me and everybody listening. You have a good one. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you for
1: having me. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome, Nubia. Thank you so much for your time and sharing in so much depth and articulate beauty how you have achieved the lifestyle that you have currently today in Playa del Carmen and Tulum, Mexico, getting to experience and share that special moment on the beach with you, with a community that was so open and welcoming to me is a memory that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. So thank you so much for that. And thank you, all you listeners out there, for sticking around for these key takeaways from Nubia's episode that I think are very powerful and worth highlighting for you. So I think one of the beautiful aspects of Nubia's story is, and as she says towards the end of the episode, by going out and just doing, she learned that one of her superpowers, if you will, is that she's a connector. She's an extrovert. And instead of feeling bad about that or wishing she was somebody else, she embraced it. And started seeing that there was a lot of power in embracing her strengths. And for you, the listener, as you continue to search for what you think you want out of life or what life is calling you towards, it's something to think about what keeps reoccurring for you. Are your friends always calling and asking you for advice? And if, it, if they are, is it specific type of advice? That can be a signpost for you to think about how you can change your life in a direction that might be more fulfilling. As she states early on in the episode... She identified that living in Boston in a cold climate with winters being so rough and dark that she experienced seasonal depression. So as she said, the best way to make a change in your life is to move yourself out of a situation that is not serving you. And sometimes and many times that's geographical for a lot of people, which is difficult because of family and friends. But as she said, she moved from Boston to Virginia, giving herself a taste of what it could be like getting more sun yearly which ultimately she realized was having a tremendously beneficial effect on her overall well-being. And finally, seeking out that network of people who are more like-minded, that have already achieved maybe those goals that you've set for yourself. And you can plug yourself into a community that you will be pushed to continue to strive for those goals And you can get elevated by this community to help you achieve your goals. That's been really instrumental for me in continuing to stay positive and hopeful that Misfits and Rejects will grow into something bigger than myself and influence in a positive way many, many people into the future. By surrounding myself with other podcasters, as other online entrepreneurs, digital nomads, people like Nubia who are achieving so many amazing things in their journey, in their path that she and like many of these people had no clue where the path was going to lead. But they took that first step and they started either seeking out through information online or like Nubia did just bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. So I think going through her episode. Those are the key takeaways that you can think about for yourself and maybe how to start applying them to your life, your life situation, and making those little changes that hopefully help you achieve that ultimate goal that you have for yourself. So with that said, again, thank you for joining me. I'm really doing my best to dig in and extract the most powerful, inspirational information from each individual that comes on Misfits and Rejects from this point forward to help you make that life change. That allows you to lead the life you've always dreamed of. So thank you for joining me today. I think you all are so very beautiful. The format will continue as it has been for the last few months where as I continue to encounter individuals, I will bring them on the show and continue to release episodes as I see fit. That might change in the future, but for right now, that's working best for me as I continue to really try to extract what Misfits and Rejects is and what I want it to become. So thank you for listening. I will see you soon. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspired you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it... It's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.